Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Well, folks, I'm an optimist, and those who know me well would classify me as a solid optimist. But in the past few days, there's been such a deluge of news that, quite frankly, it's heavily biased towards the negative. And let me be clear, I'm not here to propagate fear, but I think you ought to know what is possibly in our immediate future. Armed with that information, you can take steps to protect yourself and your family. So here we go. Over the past few days, the folks at Moody's Analytics, these are the people who provide bond ratings for much of the debt that's issued in the world. They've been performing a lot of modeling and analysis on the current market situation. In the month of March, we've already seen a huge increase in business defaults. The folks at Moody's are seeing a 29% decline in economic output in the month of March as a result of the mandated shutdowns that have hit virtually every major economy in the world. Back in the Great Depression, economic output fell by 26% between 1929 and 1933. Annual output fell by 4% during the last recession that started in 2008. And we're talking about a 29% decline in a matter of weeks. The latest projection from Moody's is that if the shutdown of the economy persists for another two months, the fall in gross domestic product is estimated at 75%. That would be the largest drop in economic output in global history, all of it having occurred in less than three months. The analysis almost certainly underestimates the total hit because it only looks at the lost output caused by the abrupt closure of businesses so far to date. It doesn't consider how much output will be further lost due to additional demand-side drops from higher unemployment and the loss of household wealth. The impact of the shutdown is coming into focus with each passing day. And so far, supply chains for food remain largely intact, but this is unlikely to last. For example, we know that Vietnam has banned the export of rice. That country is one of the top three producers of rice in the world, and the U.S. no longer maintains a grain reserve you can expect there will be rice shortages in the West later this year. Much of the food harvesting in Canada and the United States is performed by migrant labor, much of it coming from Latin America. Some estimates put the number of migrant agricultural workers in the U.S. at about 3 million people. In an era of social isolation and international travel restrictions, what will happen to food production? This isn't just an issue in one country. COVID-19 is a global pandemic. On Sunday evening, the folks at Wells Fargo announced that the loan window had closed for its customers wanting to apply for the Small Business Administration Paycheck Protection Program only one day after it opened. The bank said that it had exhausted the $10 billion it had capacity to lend for the payroll protection program. Now, I've got no doubt the government will realize that it needs to do much more than it has so far. In fact, the Federal Reserve announced on Monday they were going to facilitate more lending to the SBA program and to small businesses. The loans are designed to cover about two months of payroll. Now, this is an issue in Canada, the U.S., Italy, France, Spain, the U.K. I mean, I could go on and list 190 countries. A massive decline in economic output on the scale of 30 to 75 percent will require governments across the world to step in and replace the money in some fashion. If cash runs out in households across the globe, and commerce becomes either inefficient or impossible, we can only expect that a bartering system will eventually take over and a brand new underground economy will flourish. But even before that happens, I expect we will start to see the beginnings of social unrest as people become desperate. Governments have been very slow to react to this pandemic. And here too, on the economic side, they're way behind the curve. 
two months of payroll help for small business is not going to be enough, not even close. And this evening, my own city of Ottawa, Canada, extended its official state of emergency until the end of June. That would put it at a full three and a half months. Now, when this started, I estimated I had about 60 days of food and supplies in the house. I felt pretty good that I had prepared. Now I'm thinking it's not going to be enough. Those of you who know me know that I'm someone who has a high degree of personal initiative. I don't wait for permission to do the right thing. This year is going to be a test of emotional fortitude for billions of people around the world. And I'm going to be taking additional steps to prepare for a deeper economic stress. I can say with all honesty that I don't know exactly what that's going to be, but it will be something. I told my wife tonight that we're actually going to be all right. We both acknowledged that this period is stressful and we're going to be all right for three reasons. Number one, we're in better financial shape than the bulk of the population. Number two, we're generous and we're going to be helping others during this time of difficulty. And number three, because we have each other. As you think about that, take some positive steps for you and your family and really go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.